Last week, I spoke about roads and forks, choices and their consequences. They keep coming, and rapidly. Sitting on the fence is not an option. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! If you have been listening to In the Bullpen for any length of time at all, well, first of all, thank you very much. I I really appreciate it. But if you have, you know that prior to signing off, I end each episode the same way, with these words. But that's a conversation for another day. And whatever it is that I say right before that, I sometimes come back to it in some way, but usually in a very vague way or kind of an overview kind of way. I did one time do an episode, maybe two or so years ago, in which I took four or five of those conversations and dug deeper into them. Well, in last week's episode, I ended by saying this. Forks will continue appearing before Major League Baseball, both big and small. And another significant one is near, since we are fast approaching the month of June. And then, of course, but that's a conversation for another day. And in referring to the month of June in the Fork, I was talking about so-called Pride Month, and all that takes place in and around baseball at the major league and minor league level during the month of June. And I thought, as I ended last week's episode, that it might be a conversation for another day in June, maybe two or three or four weeks down the road from last week's episode. But it is going to be the conversation for today. Today is that day. And the reason is, is that The next day, so I I record Monday morning, drop it at noon on Monday. The very next day on Tuesday, I received a text from a friend of mine. And this friend has been working in the D.C. area over the last several months. And this is what he wrote in his text. I have been following the Orioles more now that I work close to the area. They are building a good young team and have been fun to watch. And just as an aside, I would agree, they are. And I think they're going to be fun to watch for some time. And if you're an Orioles fan, you know how long you have suffered, but I think good days are ahead. But then he wrote this. Then they have to go and send me this. And included with the text was a screenshot of a promotional uh, event that was sent to him by the Baltimore Orioles, an event that will take place on June the 28th. And it was a promotion for LGBTQ plus Pride Night in Baltimore. I responded to my friend by writing, very sad indeed. I just saw an article about what the Dodgers are doing, and it is even more horrendous. And that is because shortly before I received that text from my friend, I saw an article on Fox News. Again, this was last Tuesday, May 15th. The headline of the article reads this way. Los Angeles Dodgers partnership with radical LGBT activists draws Catholic ire, colon, and then in quotations, perverted sexual 
and disgusting. Now, before I talk a little bit more about this article, I want to deal with the word used in the headline and throughout this article, the word Catholic with a capital C. In this article, that is being used to represent Roman Catholics. And that's basically the day we live in. When you say Catholic, that's the thought. And so this is about the Roman Catholic Church, but not exclusively. Not about the actual meaning of the word Catholic, which is universal or worldwide. So when it says Catholics, it's talking about Roman Catholics or those in the Roman Catholic Church. And it says that they are slamming the Los Angeles Dodgers for their, quote, alarming and dangerous normalization of anti-Catholic bigotry, end of quote. Why are they saying this? Because the Dodgers made an announcement that they plan to honor an activist group, and this group is known for shocking protests. The Dodgers announced that they're going to honor the Los Angeles-based branch of a particular group known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This is a group of transvestites that are, they call themselves queer and trans nuns. And the Dodgers said that they're going to honor them with the Community Hero Award. And that they plan on doing this before a game on June 16th, which of course is a game that is a part of celebrating LGBTQ Pride Month. Now this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, began back in 1979, according to this article. And it formed on Easter Sunday of 1979. And the group is known for attending left-wing protests. They do so, these are men now, dressed up in mock nun outfits. And they advocate, they promote anything that is anti-Roman Catholic. And that includes abortion. And a group, a Roman Catholic group known as Catholic Vote, called out this group and called out the Dodgers. They said this group is blatantly an anti-Catholic hate group. And Catholic Vote and its president said that all Americans should be deeply concerned about this group and about the ongoing attacks on Roman Catholic churches. And I would agree with them, whether you're Roman Catholic or not. I'm not. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Protestant, baptized in a Dutch Reformed church, grew up in a Lutheran church, and for decades have been in Presbyterian churches. But this is a serious issue, and in this sense... Catholic here really means universal or worldwide. This is not just about one visible branch of Christendom, but all of Christendom. So this group called on the Dodgers and said, we are saying that you need to reconsider honoring this particular group in your celebrations on June the 16th. After reading that article, I then got that text that I referred to that my buddy sent me. And then I don't know if it was the same day or the next day, I heard an interview on Fearless. And Fearless is a show hosted by Jason Whitlock. If you followed sports at all, you're familiar with that name. And he has any number of guests from the professional sports world, football, baseball, basketball, the like. He has guests that are theologians. As a matter of fact, one man that's been on a show more than one time is Chocolate Knox from the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Well, on this particular show... His guest was Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. And as you would expect, uh, through a majority of the interview, and it was a long interview, they talked football. But toward the end, they shifted to other topics. 
including a topic that both men, Jason and Brett, consider to be a serious problem. The problem of men using women's restrooms or locker rooms, and also the problem of men participating in women's sports. And then Jason Whitlock asked Brett Favre this question. Why not speak out on that? I have no idea. I, I, I think maybe the vast majority are afraid of what it'll do to their career. And, it, and it's not affecting them directly. Not yet, at least. So I would think Brett Favre, at the very least, would have a pretty good idea of the heartbeat of what's going on in the NFL, and probably more broadly speaking, in professional sports, in particular professional team sports. And he answers the question by saying, first, I don't know. And I think by saying that, he's saying, I don't get it. But then he says, the vast majority are afraid of what it will do to their career. And there's a reason that the vast majority would have that fear. Because it could, if they speak out, affect their career. Could potentially even end their career. And then he said it's not affecting them directly. Now, I would disagree with that. I think it is. I just don't think people are recognizing it. But then Brett Favre goes on to say, not yet at least. In other words, he recognizes, even though I would disagree with him, possibly, I'd have to ask him exactly what he meant, that it's not affecting them directly, he sees it's going to. So even if it is and they just don't recognize it, there's going to come a time when it is and they do recognize it. And then it wasn't in the audio clip that I played, but he went on to say, who knows where this country's going? It may affect them somewhere down the road. And then he asked the question, is it too late? And he says, I don't know. It's scary. And indeed it is. Where is this going? This goes back to last week. We're going down the road. We've taken a fork in the road. Is it too late? Where are we headed? And when you consider where we may be headed, it is indeed scary. But let's go back to the fact that so many people do not speak out. So many professional athletes, that of course means Major League Baseball players and other personnel, not just the players, because they're fearful. As I mentioned, it's understandable to a degree. It's understandable because many people recognize the fact, many professional athletes, many people in our country recognize the fact that there are more than a few people who have this mindset. I must break you. Now, in case you did not understand that and you are not familiar with Rocky IV, that is Ivan Drago saying to Rocky, I must break you. And let's not kid ourselves, that's where a lot of people are going. That's what a lot of people either are saying or want to say or are encouraging others to say. Now, I know Rocky IV, it's a movie, it's a fictitious movie, all of that. But remember the context. Ivan Drago, this massive giant of a man, is looking down probably with a foot height difference on Rocky in the center of the ring before they're about to fight. And Drago says, I must break you. And Rocky's standing there, and he is fully aware of the fact that Drago might have the ability to do just that. As a matter of fact, the reason Rocky is standing there is because Drago, in a boxing match with Apollo Creed, hit him so hard that Creed died. But what did Rocky do? Did he say, I've seen you do this already, 
and you might be able to do it to me. Let's just call this whole thing this whole thing off. No, he stood. He fought and he won. I know a fictitious movie. I get it. But we can learn something from it. And so I asked Christians in Major League Baseball the same question as Jason Whitlock asked Brett Favre. Why not speak out? Of of all the abominations that are declared and acted on in the month of June in and around the game that you are a part of, I ask another question. What are you afraid of? And again, I do not ask that question saying, There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm saying, what are you so afraid of that you refuse to speak out? Are you afraid of losing money? I came across this quote from Elon Musk sometime in the last couple days. He said, I'll say what I want to say, and if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. That ought to be our attitude. Now, get Elon Musk is not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm speaking now in particular. In one sense, I'm speaking to all men to play the part of the man, but in particular to Christian men, to Christian men in Major League Baseball. Speak the truth in love, and if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. And I know you might be thinking, well, when you're Elon Musk and you have that kind of money, It's a whole lot easier to say that and then follow up on it. No, if we're not faithful in a little, we would not be faithful in much. But to move from a highly successful businessman who's not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ to the clear teaching of Scripture, we read in Proverbs 22.1, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. And that good name and that favor has to do with living a life to the glory of God. And to have a good name and favor in the eyes of God and those who love God is more desired, far more desired than great wealth, far better than silver and gold. I may have touched on this in an episode sometime in the past. I don't remember. But I do remember this. Back in 2015, I was the assistant pitching coach for the Brewers. Uh, Pitching coordinator, I should say. I'm sorry. And that meant that I would go see our lower-level teams. So I would go often to the Dominican Republic, to Arizona, and then to see our team that was based out of Appleton, Wisconsin. And during the summer of 2015, I was in Arizona, and a good friend of mine who at the time worked with the Brewers as well, he and I went to uh, a game. That our, that our team played at one of the other spring training complexes, not our home complex in Maryvale. And then we were driving together back to Maryvale, where the Brewers had our clubhouses and fields and all of that, and the announcement came about the Obergefell decision. And he and I had a brief conversation about it, and I remember saying, without you know any significant uh, thought or connecting dots or anything, I just simply blurted out to him, What is currently an opportunity for a few will soon be an obligation for all. And I had no idea when I mentioned those words or said those words how true they would be or how quickly they would take place. It quickly went from just let us do this to I must break you. And I'm not joking. I might be using a line from a fictitious movie, 
But that's what it went from very, very rapidly. And it could be that Christians aren't simply afraid of losing money or even having their career altered or maybe even ended. There's a lot at stake when a person stands up for what is right, when a person says, no, this narrative is wicked and evil. What's going on cannot go on. It should not go on. We need to pursue justice. The cost can be enormous. Just ask Garrett O'Boyle. All of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. I can't think of a more sobering way to end a hearing. I yield back. That's sobering indeed. That was from an FBI whistleblower hearing on last Thursday, May the 18th. Garrett O'Boyle is one of those whistleblowers. But you might ask, what does the FBI have to do with MLB? Well, one is obviously the government and the other isn't, though (laughs) heavily tied to the government. When you stand up for what is right, when you stand against what is the accepted and even promoted narrative, yes, you may lose money, yes, you may lose your career, but you also may have a situation in which you and your family may suffer. And that could be the case whether you are an FBI whistleblower or a member of a Major League Baseball organization. That may happen if you refuse to promote that which is an abomination in the eyes of God. As I said, I'm calling men in general to do what is right, to speak up, to be fearless, to borrow uh, the name of Jason Whitlock's show. But in particular, I'm calling Christian men, Christian men in Major League Baseball to do so. After all, as Christians, we know, and I hope truly believe, the words of King Jesus. Do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more they can do. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now, the same day as that whistleblower hearing, last Thursday, I saw another article, another article dealing with the Los Angeles Dodgers and their plans for Pride Night. It was written in the LA Times by Dylan Hernandez. And this is how it opens. Imagine if Stan Kasten was the president of the Dodgers when Jackie Robinson was about to break baseball's color barrier. Kasten might have sent Robinson back to the minor leagues, citing the, quote, strong feelings of the people who have been offended end of quote, by Robinson's inclusion on the roster. Being on the right side of history requires a backbone, and this version of the Dodgers doesn't have one. 
being on the right side of history requires conviction, and this version of the Dodgers doesn't have any. Well, the article goes on. Actually, before it goes on, he says this. There's just another, they're just another blood-sucking business. The article goes on, and it's more of the same, the more of the same absolutely lack of any kind of consistent reasoning, equivocation, and the whole thing. But why did he write this article? He wrote this article because we found out, or he found out, and I found out through him, that the Dodgers have decided not to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in their pregame ceremony in June. So some Roman Catholics spoke out, and things changed. Now, we have to admit, we can say for the time being at least, they could change back. But the point is, they spoke up, they spoke out, and things changed. So again, I ask Christians in Major League Baseball, why not speak out? And I wonder about the answers. Yeah, there's fear, no doubt. But maybe it's because as Christians, we don't think it will make a difference. Maybe we think that King Jesus was speaking hyperbole when he said that the gates of Hades would not prevail against his church. Maybe we're afraid to speak out because we're not truly seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. We don't truly believe when we pray, thy kingdom come. Now, I mentioned both the FBI hearing and that article, which announced that the Dodgers have said they're not going to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, were on Thursday, Thursday, May 18th, 2023, which was Ascension Day, the day in which a special commemoration and celebration of Jesus Christ ascending into heaven to take his seat at the right hand of the Father, from which he reigns and rules over all creation, It was that day that was celebrated last Thursday. Now, Dr. James White wrote this on Twitter. And again, I saw this in the last couple of days. As debauchery month approaches, do not be distracted by political theories, philosophical conundrums, and the like. Realize, based upon the clarity of divine revelation, that we live in a culture that is experiencing just judgment for its detestation of God and his ways. Praise him for delivering you from such self-destruction. Remember, you are no better or more worthy of grace than all those prancing about celebrating their perversity. And live the month giving thanks for God's good creation order while working toward the day when the secular rebellion is ended and the kingdom rolls over the debris left by this period of insanity. That's how fearless men write. And they speak like this. Our responsibility is to be Christians in every sphere. Our responsibility is to press the claims of Christ in every sphere. There is no sphere where it is acceptable for us to hide our lamp under a bushel. So, in other words, it would be wrong, it would be sinful for me to say... Hey, it's an individual in my home. Um, we're going to press, press the claims of Christ. We're going to press the gospel. We're going to press, you know, uh, Christian, you know, ethics um, in, in church. You know, we're going to do that. But then as soon as I get into the public sphere, I am going to act as though Christ has no claim here. Mm. 
And I'm going to act as though there is no benefit or blessing to me pressing the claims of Christ and pressing Christian ethics in this particular sphere. That dog won't hunt, mm-hmm. right? And so at the end of the day, regardless of what terminology we use, we have to agree on that. We have to agree that as Christians, we have a duty and an obligation to press the claims of Christ in every sphere in which we operate. Vody Balkum could not have been any clearer or more biblically accurate. There is no sphere where it is acceptable for us as Christians to hide our lamp under a bushel. No sphere. And that means not the sphere of Major League Baseball. You may be thinking, maybe you've been thinking this for a while, this is a baseball podcast, and yet you have played audio clips and quoted from a Hall of Fame quarterback, a boxing movie, the FBI, and theologians. I get it. And I would love to discuss something like last night's game in New York. The Mets beat Cleveland 2-1. to And in that game, Shane Bieber, who started for Cleveland, went the whole game because they lost eight innings. Justin Verlander, who started for the Mets, went eight innings. I'd love to talk about that. That's that's a thing that I just love to see happen. I would love to talk about Ronald Acuna Jr., who's leading Major League Baseball in a boatload of categories. He's on pace for 40 home runs and 65 stolen bases. He would be the first player ever in Major League Baseball history to have at least 30 home runs and steal at least 60 bases. And only two players have ever had 30 home runs and 50 stolen bases. Barry Bonds and Eric Davis. I enjoy the game of baseball thoroughly, watching it, being a part of it, talking about it. But I cannot ignore what's going on in and around the game, and I cannot ignore the almost complete silence, if not outright capitulation, among so many Christians within the game as it regards everything that's going on with the sexual revolution. And to show you that even in this episode, I can quote something from baseball people. On Twitter, by Next Level Baseball, I read this. Leaders, it's okay to call your teammates out. It's okay to hold your teammates accountable. It's okay to hurt your teammates' feelings but you better be holding yourself to the highest standards. You better be leading by example on and off the field. You better be walking the walk. Well, amen to all of that. I heartily agree with those words. And not only for leaders in a Major League Baseball clubhouse, but for leaders everywhere. I have been asking the question throughout this episode of Major League Baseball personnel, why not speak out? And it's easy for us, for you and me, who aren't there. For us who do not have the spotlight on us and on our every move and our every statement. It's easy for us to say, that's right, speak out about, as Dr. White called it, debauchery month. And we can say to them, you ought to be praising God for giving you the opportunity to be in Major League Baseball and the platform that that gives you to speak out. You ought to be thanking Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for delivering you from such self-destruction. And always remember, you are not better or more worthy of grace than all of those prancing about celebrating their perversity. And we can say to them, why don't you do more? Why don't you speak out? Why don't you do something? 
Obviously, I believe it's good and right for us to say such things. I've devoted an entire episode to doing just that. But I want to say to you, anybody not involved in Major League Baseball, that you shouldn't forget something. You and I, we have the same responsibility to be faithful Christians and to press the claims of Christ in whatever sphere the Lord God Almighty has placed us. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.